Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to this presentation of Good Orderly Direction, Practical Tools of the Bible. Today, we're going over Genesis 16 and 17, which is the interactions between Sarai and Hagar. I've had a lot of people ask me to go over the scripture a little bit before we launch into the actual study. So I'm going to try doing that and see how y'all like it. Chapter 16. Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to have children. Sarai said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from giving birth, so go to my servant Hagar. Maybe she will provide me with children. Abram did what Sarai said. When Hagar realized that she was pregnant, she no longer respected Sarai. So Sarai said to Abram, This harassment is your fault. I allowed you to embrace my servant, but when she realized she was pregnant, I lost her respect. So Sarai treated her harshly, and Hagar ran away. An angel of God found Hagar and said, Hagar, what are you doing? She said, I'm running away. The angel said to her, Go back to Sarai. Put up with her harsh treatment, and I will greatly multiply your offspring. You are now pregnant with a son. Name him Ishmael. He will be a wild donkey of a man. He will fight everyone, and they will fight him. That's kind of an interesting way to end that narrative, telling uh, Hagar that she's going to have a child that is going to be really challenging to deal with. But as we explore this Bible study, we may get some inkling as to why that excerpt was put in there. So let's start kind of at the beginning. Abram's wife Sarai had not born any children for him, so she told him to have a child by Hagar. Why might she have felt so desperate to give Abram a child? Well, thinking back to those days, the wives were expected to produce children and when they weren't able to produce children they became less valuable so to speak and it's possible that Sarai was worried that Abram was going to divorce her, abandon her, I'm not exactly sure what they did back in those days but she was very concerned about basically abandonment so she said let's Try an end run and see if one of my servants can provide you a child. Have you ever frantically tried to do something out of fear of rejection or abandonment? You know, I think a lot of us have at one time or another. And then ultimately, we may look back and go, maybe that wasn't the right decision for me to make at that time. Was Sarai's behavior based on her examining the facts of the situation, what she had control of, and the probability of being abandoned? Or was she using emotional reading and emotional reasoning and mind reading, assuming that Abram didn't love her enough to stay with her even if she was barren? And basically the answer is, from what we can tell, she didn't discuss any of this with Abram. It wasn't like he said, if you can't bear me a child, then I'm going to move on. So she was assuming that he didn't love her enough to stay with her, despite the fact that to this point she was barren. Think of times that instead of consulting God or good orderly direction, you acted impulsively or settled for second best because something was not happening fast enough. Maybe you broke, 
went through a breakup with somebody because um, the relationship wasn't progressing as fast as you wanted. Maybe you wanted to get married and they weren't ready to do that yet. Or maybe you quit a job because it wasn't making you as happy as you wanted to. And then ultimately you looked back and said, ah, maybe I would have been better sticking it out for a while. When you look back and are unhappy with your decision, who do you blame? A lot of times people have difficulty accepting responsibility for the choices they made. So they want to look and they want to find reasons that may support that it wasn't all their fault. They want to spread the blame around, so to speak, when sometimes there's not a lot of blame to spread around. We have to take responsibility and say, we were adults and we chose to make the decision we did, even though we knew somewhere deep down inside it may not have been the best decision we made that choice and now we've got to deal with the consequences when this happens are you jealous of others who now have what you wanted do you look back at that job or at that relationship with that person and see that somebody else is in that position now and are you jealous of them thinking oh maybe i acted too impulsively a lot of times that can happen how might things be different if you had first consulted God or good orderly direction? If you had really sat down and thought to yourself, okay, I'm not happy right now. This isn't happening fast enough. In the long term, in the big scheme of things, what is the best course of action for me to take? Would, it, would your choices have been different? How might things be different if you take responsibility for your choices and behaviors instead of blaming others? You know, think about Sarai when this started happening and, and Hagar started disrespecting her. She's like, oh, I didn't anticipate that. Didn't think about that. And so she started blaming Abram. How do you think that impacted their relationship? You know, Abram's like, I did what you said. Now, ultimately, you can think, well, he probably should have consulted God too. However, right now we're focusing on Sarai and Hagar. When Hagar got pregnant, she knew she had special standing now and was able to do for Abram what Sarai could not. She became prideful and disrespectful. She felt like she was all that and more because now she knew that she was carrying Abram's child. So they were going to be connected. She was going to have a special place in that lineage have you ever been able to achieve something that your competitors or your friends had not and sometimes we do you know we get lucky we work hard we achieve something and the people around us may not have been able to achieve the same thing do you flaunt it in your face in, in their face do you say well look what i did you know i'm so much better than you because i accomplished this or do you recognize that yes you did succeed however they have other um, good characteristics and what impact is flaunting your success rubbing their nose in it flaunting your success going to have on your relationships with them my guess is it doesn't follow the principles of good orderly direction or love so what perfect principles 
does it violate when you flaunt stuff in your friends or your coworkers or your or even your competitors' faces? Does it show prudence? Generally not. Does it show enjoyment? Eh, well, you may be enjoying it, but you're flaunting it in their face and maybe making them unhappy. Does it show respect for them? No. You are trying to bring them down. Instead of celebrating their successes and supporting them as they try to grow, flaunting it in their face is sort of saying, Nana, look what I can do and I'm more powerful or I'm better than you. So that's not very respectful. Is it um, showing earnestness or endurance? Well, no, because you're focusing on not continuing to do what you do well, continuing to do what you're succeeding at, but you're taking a bunch of energy and making sure or trying to make sure that other people are jealous of you. To what end? How is that beneficial for your relationships? Is it compassionate to rub your successes in the faces of those who have failed? What might be the long-term negative consequences of acting this way? Not only on your immediate relationships, but how people perceive you in the future. How might it impact your resources right now? My guess is if you're acting like that, people aren't going to want to be around. People may not want to help you. So then in the future, you're going to have fewer resources to help you develop abundance. You're going to be kind of out there on your own because whenever you succeed, you push other people down and away. Are there any long-term positive consequences of being prideful and arrogant and disrespectful? I, I struggle to find any. Maybe you can. And finally, what was Sarai's part in provoking that behavior? Hmm. And you may go, well, she didn't do anything, but she actually may have. If we think back, Sarai told Abram, to have relations with Hagar. So Sarai, through that edict, elevated Hagar to a higher level than she had been. Hagar was Sarai's servant. So my guess is up until now, Sarai hadn't treated her very well anyway. Maybe it was okay. It wasn't abusive, but she hadn't supported Sarai and made her feel respected and loved and all those things. So now Sarai has, um, Hagar has this standing and she feels like she's breaking out from under the oppression of Sarai. Sarai became jealous, blamed Abram for her unhappiness and mistreated Hagar. Again, she did not first consult God, nor trust that he could provide a child through her. What would prudence, earnestness, endurance, and respect have told her to do in this situation? Have you ever done something for someone and not gotten the result you wanted, then blamed them for it instead of taking responsibility for your own choices? I know we already talked about that a little bit, but it's worth thinking about again. How did that impact your relationship with them? And how did it impact how others perceived you and their willingness to work with you? 
Sarai took her anger about the situation and her own feelings of inadequacy out on Hagar. Many times our behaviors and actions are designed to somehow protect us. So how was Sarai trying to protect herself? And I alluded to it earlier that back in those days, if women couldn't bear children, they were seen as less valuable. The families needed to have a lot of children because there was a lot of death and they needed to have a lot of children because things weren't automated. So they needed lots of hands to plow the fields and tend the vineyards and do whatever else that they were doing. Since Sarai couldn't provide that, she felt less than. She felt useless to Abram. And, and this is an important concept in self-esteem here. Separating love of a person. You know, Abram saw Sarai as very lovable. He was head over heels in love with her. And yes, he was not, un, he was not happy that she couldn't provide children. But that is a behavior. And he was unhappy about that behavior, but he loved her. And we see no indication that his love wavered at all, even though they were very advanced in age and she had never provided him a child. How did Ishmael represent a threat to Sarai? Well, Ishmael now is not Sarai's blood child. Um, not, not her actual relative. So Hagar has a particular uh, place of importance because she is Ishmael's mother. Ishmael is Abram's son. So Abram loves Ishmael very much. And Sarai may be very jealous of this love. In addition to being jealous and envious of Hagar, Ishmael not only represents a threat in some ways, potentially to um, Sarai's and, and Abram's relationship, but he's also, since she hasn't born a child, Ishmael is now in line to get the blessings that Abram has to give. You know, he is the son that will inherit whatever from from Abram when he when he passes on have you ever acted unkindly towards someone because you blamed them for your choices how was that choice supposed to protect you or help you and how did it end up causing more problems in the long run the angel said to Hagar go back to Sarai and submit to her I will greatly multiply your offspring now, a lot of us hear that and we think, oh, I don't know if I'd go back or not. Why did Hagar do that? Hagar recognized, using the principle of earnestness, uh, that she was bound by her commitment to Ag Abram to bear him a son. She now had his son in her womb and it wasn't right for her to not let him have access to, to his to his son and and he hadn't Abram hadn't done anything bad to her Abram hadn't abused her Hagar recognized the short term might be miserable but the long-term benefits of doing what was right 
would benefit both of them, both Ishmael and Hagar. So she was showing a lot of prudence here. She was aware that Ishmael now had a claim to Abram's estate. Um, she also recognized that Abram was a loving man and wanted a child and would love Ishmael and by connection, uh, love her as well. And she couldn't provide for um, Ishmael nearly as on her own, nearly as well as Abram could. So she recognized that in this particular case, the choice of going back and submitting to Sarai's authority would benefit both of them. And my guess is she also was humbled a little bit when she went back and didn't flaunt. She may have recognized that her behaviors, her disrespectfulness was bringing on some of the wrath of Sarai. So we hope, we don't know, but we hope that when she went back, she was a little bit more contrite. When you've chosen the harder path, recognize it. When have you chosen the harder path? Recognizing the greater rewards. Sobriety, for example. Short-term rewards are really powerful, but looking at taking the harder path and staying sober, what are the longer-term rewards? In relationships, sometimes relationships can get rocky and it can feel like, oh, this is just too much. However, if the relationship is worth working out, there are obviously some that are, are very dysfunctional, but if the relationship is worth working out and you work through those problems, you know, was it worth the greater rewards? How does it impact your self-esteem when you do act out of head, heart, and gut honesty? And what I mean by that is our head tells us one thing. That's our logical mind. It says, okay, here are the facts. Our heart is more of our emotional mind. And our heart tells us, this is what I want. And our gut is sort of the mediator. And if you want to um, align it with uh, Linehan's principles, our head is our logical mind, our heart is our emotional mind, and our gut is our wise mind. It, it takes the information from the head and the heart and it says, all right, is there a way we can make this work? When Hagar returned, she gives birth to Ishmael, who was supposed to be a stubborn man. Remember, I said it was kind of interesting that the angel had to kind of throw that in there at the end of their conversation. Ishmael was born to Abram, which does give him standing, but he was a child conceived without God's blessing and to satisfy mortal yearnings. So his life was not going to be easy. Um, biblically speaking, at this point in time, they believed that when we make um, impulsive choices, when we don't follow good orderly direction, it can impact future generations. However, we do see in Genesis 17, uh, 20 and 21, God hears Abram's pleas and blesses Ishmael. So it doesn't mean Ishmael's life is going to be totally easy, but God takes pity on him, I think. Um, and, and things are going to go uh, better for Ishmael in the future because, number one, Abram asked. Abram said, okay, I, I know I screwed up, and but this child is a child of God. This ch 
is your child and I want what's best for him. And that compassion, I think, is really moving to God. Isaac would later be born to Sarai with patience and God's blessing, and he would be the full heir to Abram's blessings. We don't see the whole Isaac thing yet. That comes several chapters later. But it is worth noting that God had a plan, and Ishmael was not part of that plan. But even though the humans took a detour away from how God wanted it to be, things end up working out when they start consulting him again, when they start thinking about good orderly direction and saying, okay, what do I need to do to make this right? Principles that we see in this story, prudence. If Sarai had exercised and Abram had exercised more prudence, then there may not have been the conflict with Hagar. If Hagar had exercised more prudence, been thought through a little bit more about what the consequences of being um, arrogant and disrespectful might be, then she may not have ended up running away. But ultimately, none of them exercised good prudence until the end. Earnestness is keeping to your word. And in a way, I think Sarai was trying to be earnest. She was earnestly trying to to fulfill Abram's needs, but she was assuming that that was one of Abram's needs. Abram evidently was not overly concerned about that. Respect. Well, Hagar was disrespectful to to Sarai, and Sarai was disrespectful back. When we're disrespectful, we tend to breed contempt and disrespect. When we're respectful, we tend to breed respect. Endurance. We see Hagar enduring the uh, trials of being pregnant with Ishmael, and we see her enduring the consequences of her actions. She goes back um, and, and endures Sarai's treatment, which again, we hope got a little bit better once Hagar came back and if Hagar wasn't quite as um, prideful. And truthfulness. It's important to communicate with one another. And Sarai did a lot of assuming. She assumed that she needed to do this for Abram to continue to love her. And it would have been a lot better if they would have talked with one another and been open about what needed to happen and what uh, what they wanted to happen so they didn't necessarily ever even have to go down this path. 